Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bradley. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, just another beautiful day here in Nashville. How are you, my friend? Oh, same here. We got a little rain. Uh, apparently, we needed it because everybody you talk to, that's what they say. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, did we? You know, I felt like we were mowing our grass less. But anyway, no, we got a little rain out this way. It's dried up. It's humid as hell. It feels like college football. It feels like Gainesville out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm pumped up. I am ready. Uh, it got I got so excited talking about Tennessee football. It bled into my work day. I kept talking to other people about it. Uh, you know, and now we're on to a new team, a new preview. And uh, so I'm. What, what color glasses am I wearing today, Mike? Well, today and hey, people are gonna think this was all my pick. This was cousin Shane. Wanting to cover them Arkansas Razorbacks and all the momentum we got with Sam Pittman and company there in Fayetteville. You know, these fans are just on cloud nine. So we are here, Shane, to deliver some optimism heading into the football season. And hell, last year, you know, it was a great season, but this year could be even better. So you ready to talk some Arkansas Razorbacks football, brother? Woo pig suey, baby. (laughs) You know, it's funny because Tennessee, uh, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of convincing I had to do to to even convince myself that we're going 10 and 2. You know, there's, there's, there's reason that there's optimism in Arkansas, Mike, and it's a lot easier, the path, in my opinion, to have a successful season over there. So, yes, I am ready to talk some Arkansas football. Well, just like we did uh, on the last show, if you're a Tennessee ball, you can go back and check that out. But uh, just a quick recap of Arkansas' season, Shane. They went 9-4 and four last year, mm-hmm. third in the SEC West. And, of course, they beat Penn State in the Outback Bowl, New Year's Day Bowl. What uh, you know, a crowning achievement that was considering. Hell, I mean, that's a great accomplishment for any program. But when you factor in how poor Arkansas was just a couple of seasons ago, makes it just miraculous that uh, Sam Pittman and company were able to do it. Of course, he did not do it single-handedly. K.J. Jefferson was one of the biggest breakout stars in the SEC, something this show was trying to tell you all y'all about last season. Mm-hmm. And then Razorbacks took notice. Uh, Arkansas also, Shane, had four players rush for 500 yards or more. That was the first time since 1975. They averaged 200 passing, 200 rushing yards for the first time since 1971. So, mm-hmm. so man, this offense was firing on all cylinders. But now, now that there's hype, now that there's expectations, I just thought this was hilarious. Shane exiting the spring, Sam Pittman said, "Hey, if we ain't got any haters, we are going to make up the bad stuff you guys are saying to fuel this football team." To prove somebody wrong. And if nobody's talking bad about us, we'll just make it up and we'll go down there because the bottom line is that's who we are. And we are a chip on the shoulder, underdog. From you know, that, the that really is where we're at with Arkansas, though. You know what, where I don't want to say it's easy to kind of climb out of the cellar, but 
I think that's an easier task than it is climbing the entire SEC West, climbing to Atlanta and winning that SEC championship. So the real challenge still remains ahead of the Arkansas Razorbacks, don't you think? Yeah, I, I, I do. I do. This is a program that has, you know, it's it, there's no more surprise in Arkansas. This is this is a team that is starting to form expectations. And uh, being third in the West, there's going to be – there's some challenges coming up on the schedule, but I really love that, that path that they have to Atlanta. And I, I truly believe it's it's – it's theirs. It's their, They're the ones that control the destiny this year. And I, I think years past you said, hey, I, I hope we sneak up and I hope we can compete with teams like Alabama. I hope we can compete with teams like Texas A&M and LSU. Mm-hmm. And, and now you're doing it. And and, and now, now fans are ready for the next chapter. They're ready for, you know, we want this to stay forever. And you do that by competing against everybody in the West, not just the, the bottom five, bottom four. Right. Now, Sam Pittman Chain in his two years at Arkansas, he's got an overall record of 12 and 11. Now, on the, mm-hmm. on the face of it, you say, well, that's not that good. But you got to remember there was the COVID year. We had 10 SEC opponents. And, of course, he's in the rugged SEC West where every damn game is a gauntlet here. His uh, SEC record 7 and 11. So still got mm-hmm. some work to do there. Uh, but, hell, Shane, 4 and 8, I guess, the top 25 opponents he's faced, which – Again, pretty solid considering uh, the, the program he took over. Eight and four at home. So I'm major, major advantage, home field advantage for the Arkansas Razorbacks with uh, just this rabid fan base. And hell, every, I'd say nine out of ten football games, they kick off at 11 a.m. Yet these fans are, are showing up, showing out, fueling this team. We've seen what they can do with a night game. Thinking about uh, the Texas Longhorns, they had no idea the buzzsaw they were heading into. And, and that's something I wanted to ask you, Shane. You know, we, we do have this across the SEC. I'm not saying it's just Arkansas, but this whole field advantage with these fans, that is something that uh, I, I certainly don't think you can overlook when you're talking about the Arkansas Razorbacks and just and just how rabid this fan base is. Yeah, and just imagine if they played in one spot. You know what I'm saying? It. it I feel like it pulls away a little bit from that home field advantage bouncing around and, you know, you got to factor Jerry's world and things Mm -hmm. like that. I just, I think one thing that you notice is it's almost like a sleeping giant. I've never, I've seen so many Arkansas fans in the last couple of weeks because their baseball team is doing well, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter what sport it is. These guys come out, these girls come out, and they're ready They're ready to be good again. They're ready to be good at any sport, and especially college football. And you, you, it was just a couple years ago, man. I'll never forget the Western Kentucky game. The Hilltoppers coming to town. And, and, and I felt like that was an all-time low for Arkansas. I mean, how, how disappointing is that? I, I think of some games that when I was a Tennessee volunteer and I had Derek Dooley, uh, you know, coaching my team, there were some moments I just like, golly, we are decades behind. Mm-hmm. And here we go out, we go get a lineman coach uh, to come coach our university, and, and we hope he does well. People like him, and then all of a sudden 
we're competing and he's getting people he's getting players to stay he's getting coaching staff to stay this is a culture they've created down there and uh the the fans are completely behind him i i arkansas with this nil eventually brother i'm telling you right now this is another one of those programs that's got deep pockets and they're going to compete year in year out and you you've got to have a breakout season brother and i think they're on the verge of it yeah, and a big reason why that could happen, Shane, staff continuity. Arkansas is one of only eight college football programs, Shane, that has the same coordinators since uh, the 2020 season. Uh, and, of course, we're talking Kendall Browse, who I've had him rated as uh, the number three SEC offensive play caller. And mm-hmm. Barry Odom, of course, who I've got number one defensive play caller. And Scott Fountain the special teams coordinator. So uh, he was the special teams coordinator, Shane, for the kick six. That's that's like his claim to fame. But, <laughs> hey, if you're a special teams coordinator, that what a claim to fame to have. So, you know, we have got, uh, you know, three true professionals here, and, and they're a huge reason why Arkansas is so successful. You know what? Oh, yeah. That's, that again, back to the culture, back to what, what Sam Pittman came in there to create. He's created a family environment, and you work harder for your family. And that's exactly what we're seeing from the players. You know, they're not the most talented. They weren't. They're becoming, but they weren't to uh, the initially. And, and you see kids playing above their pay grade because it just means more. And so now that talent is starting to show up. You know, we're finding a couple of gems, hidden gems on that roster. And Arkansas, like I said, can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the SEC now. Mm-hmm. And just the and, and, and the short time that Sam's been down there. And now we do have two coaches uh, that left the program, Shane. Sam Carter, the quarterback's coach, he's at Ole Miss now. Mm-hmm. And Jermell Ashley, the defensive line coach, he was let go. But I think we've upgraded, Shane, with the guys we brought in here. Dominique Bowman is the new quarterback's mm-hmm. coach at Arkansas. He was at Marshall last season. He's been a defensive coordinator at Austin P and UT Martin, and he was has been named last uh, in 2020 to the American Football Coaches Association's 35 best coaches under 35 years old. So we're getting a rising star here in Dominique Bowman, and, and that's what you want. You want a hungry recruiter out there to get you some elite defensive backs to come to Fayetteville, and then on the defensive line, Shane, we're going with D Gabs. Right. Um, so. What what was that? What was that stat again? What was the coaching stat? Uh, so there's a, a the coaching association. It's called American Football yeah. Coaches Association. Mm-hmm. They put out every year the best 35 coaches under 35 years old, and uh, Dominique mm-hmm. Bowman on that list. Okay, well they should have a a podcast thing over 35 <laughs> years old. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where we'd rank in there or over, over, over 300 pounds, you know, <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're throwing out award ceremonies here, I just, I, I've never heard that before. And, and uh, a breakdown, you love young coaches. Don't get me wrong. And if you got a talented one on your roster, you're excited, but I just, I, I, I had to take me, it took me a second to understand what you're saying there. <laughs> the other, the other new coach we got here at Arkansas, Shane Deke Adams on the defensive line. He's been at Ole Miss. He's been at Mississippi State. He's been at South Carolina. He's been at North Carolina. Now, check this. some of these linemen, Shane. Jadavion Clowney, he, he coached him at Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey Corals, who was a first-team All-SEC player at Carolina. 
Sylvester Williams, an All-American, first-round pick at North Carolina. So we're getting someone that knows how to develop linemen, how to get mm-hmm. elite alignment to campus, and has SEC experience. I mean, what more could you ask for in alignment? You know what? Dude, I mean, that's that's what they're all aspiring to do is play in the NFL and be just like these boys. So uh, that's a that's an excellent tool to have on the recruiting trail, and that's an excellent tool to have on your staff, uh, somebody that has been there. They're not just – you know, because it's hard. You know, I, that's one thing where I joked uh, with you a little bit earlier. You know, you go in some of these places like I went to a GNC or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was trying to find some supplements I'm supposed to be taking, whatever, you know. Uh, this is back when I was healthy-ish. And uh, the guy the guy sitting there, he's just as big as I am, you know. And it's not <laughs> that I didn't trust him. But, you know, if I came in – you know what I'm saying? If I came in here for steak – or a recommendation on a new cheese that came out or something like that. Yeah, he's my guy, but, you know, for supplements to help me lose weight, I don't know if this is the right <laughs> source. So you want somebody that has been around first-round picks, that's been around uh, first-round talent, and, and that's exactly what another another coach at Arkansas has on their staff. Yeah, that hard-hitting analysis brought to you by Cousin Shane there. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. I hope GNC ain't sponsoring us anytime. Well, I mean, maybe he's on it. I didn't ask him. You know, maybe he's lost some weight. Maybe he does know. I don't know. Never judge, I guess. <laughs> Never mind. I'll, we'll A book on. by its cover, huh? A returning production for Arkansas, Shane. This is why them Razorbacks are so fired up, particularly on offense, bringing back 100% of the passing yards from last season. Uh, you know, we've only done two of these, but that is uh, the high we've done so far. Rushing yard percentage. Again, Arkansas led the SEC in rushing chain. Mm-hmm. 76% of the rushing attack returns with really the only major contributor gone is uh, Traylon Smith. But we're bringing back three running backs with experience. And K.J. Jefferson actually led the team in rushing last season. So we're golden when it comes to rushing. And, and you know, I think that's that's a stat a lot of people in the SEC don't didn't realize. Mm-hmm. You know, myself included. I, I at at the end of the season, you asked me who had the most rushing yards. You would think a team like Alabama or a team like Georgia or mm-hmm. Texas A and M, one of those guys. You're not thinking of big bad Arkansas down there, but returning that talent back. That's that's why they're so high on them right now. Yeah, and perhaps even more important, Shane, four of five. Offensive line, starting offensive lineman, also returning to clear those holes, to clear that path for the running backs and KJ Jefferson. So, I mean, if they don't lead the SEC in rushing again, it, I mean, it's almost like a disappointment, as, as wild as that yeah. is to say, don't you think? Yeah, this is one of those prop bets you want to get in on right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, the big question mark, though, of course, is the receiving yards. They only return 31%. So, you know, very low down the yeah. list. Warren Thompson, 304 receiving yards. He's your leading returning receiver. We'll get to the transfers in just a minute, but, you know, they had to really attack the transfer portal. They did it in recruiting as well. We'll see how soon some of these young receivers can get up to speed, but uh, that that's going to be the biggest question mark heading into the season for Arkansas. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they had clear safety valve out there last year, and we, we're going to need somebody to step up. This this can't be a one-dimensional team. Mm -hmm. This has got to be somebody that – because if not, you, you think of like a Kentucky Wildcats a few years ago, right. and you got eight and nine in the box, and, and they almost force you to throw. We don't want that. We want off, we want Arkansas to run what offense they want to run, and you do that by, by identifying talent on the outside to step up and make this a two-dimensional team right because again we're trying to we're trying to win the west shane we're not just that's, trying to that's compete. Right. you know what i mean <laughs> that's it that we don't we don't want it this to be a close game in the fourth quarter we want to put them away and rely on that running game to shut the thing out you know mm -hmm. now another uh a big question mark on, on defense shane six of the nine top tacklers are gone from last mm -hmm. year's team although bumper pool does return he had 125 tackles, so tackling machine. <laughs> this is another position group that they they attack via the transfer portal, so we'll get to that. Uh, the top five sack artists are gone from last season. Isaiah Nichols had a sack and a half. He's your leading returner. But mm -hmm. uh, the defensive backfields, 38% of the interceptions with Jalen Catalan and Miles Slusher do return. So, you know, some big question marks on defense, no doubt, but – Again, that, that's why we rely on Barry Odom and company to get that right. group going. And that's why they, they will, again, we'll get to the transfers, but they really, really attacked it and added a ton of uh, potential playmakers right out the gate and, and simply because they had to do it. Well, and, that, and that's why they've been able to compete, Mike. It, you, when you think about the, the Hogs here, it's always been about offensive line and defensive fronts, and it's been about that defensive chemistry that they've, they've been able to maintain. That's why they've been staying in games mm -hmm. a lot of times. So this is where those two, three stars, they started to really shine when they played together. And I don't expect that to be any different because they're better. Uh, I know they don't have as much returning talent, but – this is this is not new to them. This is a t they went out to the transfer portal and got what they needed, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what you want in a call. You you don't want to just take anybody in. They went out and specifically picked out players that would amplify this defense. Yeah. Now, as for outgoing transfer, Shane, we did have two losses that uh, could loom large next season. Joe Fouché, he's he's right. been a stalwart in that uh, defensive backfield, and Greg Brooks another starter back here in defense and, and adding insult to injury. They're, they're now at LSU, so you got to face these guys. Right. Those are the two biggest losses. You, you did lose Traylon Smith, the running back. He's now at UTSA. You lost a third-string quarterback, Lucas Coley, to Houston. But really, those are your only defections via the transfer portal. And again, Arkansas, big, big winners via the transfer portal because – they landed them Drew Sanders, starting linebacker down there at, at Alabama. Uh, I've been going back and, and watching last season's game, Shane. You you fire up Alabama versus Ole Miss, Alabama versus Florida, Alabama versus Miami. Drew Sanders all over the field, flashing. And, and you got to remember, he's sitting there next to to Will Anderson, where everybody's got right. the best defensive player in the country. Yet Drew Sanders holding his own. I mean, he looked outstanding. He's going to be a plug and play starter for the Arkansas Razorbacks uh, this season. That was just a massive, massive pickup. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, again, you're going to have transfers, but I, I I just think that if you were weighing it good and bad, I think they came out to the better, in, in my opinion. Right. And then another one, 
Hell, right off Alabama's roster, now off Georgia's. I mean, you can't do much better than that. <laughs> Defensive back, Latrevious Brini, he started 11 games for the Dogs last season. Shane, 38 mm-hmm. tackles, eight pass breakups, which was second on Georgia's roster. I don't I don't know any the backstory of why Brady's not there anymore, but, hell, Arkansas don't care because they got him down <laughs> on their roster. Brady uh, likely to start for the Razorbacks. Uh, here's one they stole away from LSU to, to get him back for stealing two of theirs. Dwight McLaughlin played in nine games last year, 32 tackles, an interception, which was a pick six, five pass breakups, a forced fumble. He was all over the field for them LSU Tigers. Another Tiger shape. Defense alignment, Landon Jackson was a uh, touted defense alignment that uh, just played one year at LSU. Now he's got four years of eligibility at Arkansas, so that could be a big pickup. And then I love this guy, Jordan Dominique from Georgia Tech. 103 tackles, 17 and a half tackles for loss, nine sacks in 28 games. So that's before we even get to Terry Hanson, the Arkansas State defense alignment. So <laughs> Arkansas really, really, really added depth and talent to that defense. And like I said, they had to do it. But instead of just grabbing bodies to have them, uh, they got some impact players here, I really do think. Yeah, they do. This, you know, this isn't uh, what ETSU transfers. This isn't right. somebody that 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 came from a school you've never heard of and wasn't starting. These are these are coming off your the SEC West champs, SEC East champs. This is a, a roster that is, like I said, getting deeper and 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 more talented, in my opinion. Now they haven't worked together. But I, I fully expect this team because that if you look at what Arkansas has put on the field, it doesn't matter who's back there. By the time the kickoff starts going, these guys are playing the top shelf, you know. Mm-hmm. And and the, the last uh, transfers here on the offensive side, chain receiver, that was, of course, the big question mark. Jadon Hazelwood from Oklahoma, former five-star prospect, one of the top recruits in the country when he came out. 62 catches, 737 yards, seven touchdowns at OU. And this was – you know, he was injured much of the time, yet he still was producing. And then Matt Landers, who they got off Toledo, but before Toledo, he was at Georgia. And this was a guy they were just – every offseason, Georgia was hyping up Matt Landers. He got 32 passes, 646 yards, six touchdowns in 14 games. Mm-hmm. So, again, you're looking for some impact from Hazelwood and Landers to come in here and, and solidify a position of need. For Arkansas this this fall. Well, uh, yeah, and uh, who? I, I mean, we're going to get to it, but I mean, how much Hazelwood do you think we see? Like, if you're talking about wide receiver production right now, mm-hmm. I, I'm at the end of the season. If you're just to guess how much production came from Hazelwood, what percent would you say? Yeah, it's interesting, Shane, because I've seen hell. I've seen some people put him as uh, an All-American. He's going to, and you know, be one of the best players in the in the SEC right away. I think that's asking too much. But yeah. if he can give you, you know, forty to fifty catches and, and five touchdowns, I right. I think that's a home run. And he's got talent to do more than that. But I think coming into a new system, coming into a team that's going to be run dominant, you know, he yeah. he is the perfect piece to to add. That you're you're asking him not to dominate the game, but just to make meaningful contributions. And I think he's got uh, you know you know all the talent in the world to get that done. I just I just he's such a good looking athlete. He's big, he's solid. You know what I'm saying? He he yeah. could be 
a, a focal piece. He's going to be a red zone threat, and you know, I he's just he's a talented guy. There, I mean, coming out of the uh, high school, he's the fourth best ranked player in twenty four seven. I mean, right. this isn't just Joe Blow. This is a guy that a lot of people projected first round in the in the NFL draft. And so I, I'm I think if I'm an Arkansas Razorback fan, I'm I'm buying a jersey right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I think he's going to be a huge part of it. And uh, you know, nice thing is he's got a little time too. If it doesn't hit this year, you also got him next year, don't you? Yep. So a uh, multi year starter potentially for the Arkansas Razorback. And that's if you know if he blows up he may go go straight to the NFL. He's got that right. that type of talent. So you don't want him to do too well this season, but you do. You uh, <laughs> do. And then jumping down. This ain't, it's not NCAA, Mike. You know, <laughs> start taking them out at half so the stats don't get too crazy. <laughs> when you look at uh, Arkansas's recruiting class, again they held a lot of spots for the transfers, but they finished twenty second in the country, thirteenth in the SEC. But uh, Sam Pittman's fingerprints all over this class, Shane, because three of the top five players, offensive linemen, and the yeah. the other two top five were in-state Arkansas receivers. They landed the top four players from Arkansas. Isaiah uh, Sag- Sagnall, he's a, a track and, and field type player, receiver, and Quincy McAdoo. So don't be surprised if we see them on the field because, again, we don't need them to come in here and dominate. We need them to stretch the field uh, and just challenge defenses and, and make them uh, play the downfield passing game. And when you're adding track stars to your roster, uh, it, it's almost like you got to see these guys, uh, or if, if nothing else, be uh, contributors in, in the kick return game. You know what? Oh, yeah. Man, I wish I was a track star. I, did I tell you I, I did track – like two years I did it shot put and discus of course mm-hmm. not not the hurdles uh, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, that was such a waste of time Mike <laughs> you know I just some people are just talented I, I I love nothing more that's one of the most underrated sporting events in my opinion is track and field and if you ever get an opportunity to watch some of this division one talent i mean it is just unreal that human beings can move that fast and can jump that high i mean you just it will blow your mind and you can watch it on tv doesn't do it credit if you've got a i'm just telling you right now if you're if you hear of a local track event in your area and they got a couple counties get over and check it out you'd be amazed at how many talented people live in your neighborhood I would be. You're right. You're right. Yeah, especially yours, Mike, not mine. But I mean, I've seen my neighborhood, but Nashville—that's a different animal. <laughs> now breaking down position groups, uh, we'll start with the offense. Shane, I think the quarterbacks—that's your best unit there at Arkansas because you got KJ Jefferson, dark horse Heisman candidate. You got Malik Hornsby, who's splitting time at receiver and quarterback, and then you've got some some quality depth here: Cade Renfro and Cade Fortin. The transfer, so uh, I think if you're an Arkansas fan, you have got to be fired up about uh, your quarterback room this year. Yeah, and I think you uh, there's KJ Heisman talk. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and when you got a quarterback that plays as well as he does, that's physical, that that has the ability to run. You think of some of the the greatest quarterbacks to come away with a Heisman Trophy, and he fits the mold. So. 
Um, I, that's where it all starts, and that's why we're so high on them is because of K.J. Jefferson, a, a kid that we've been touting since high school, Mike. I yeah. mean, we've been – if you guys are long-time listeners of this podcast, you know that we were all in on K.J. from the get-go, and it's just nice seeing that come to fruition. It's nice to be right once in a while. It doesn't happen that often yeah. on here. You know what? What do you think about that word, huh? <laughs> I knew I was going to throw it in the pod somewhere. I didn't know when it was going to pop up, but that's I used it. <laughs> now, in my opinion, Shane, the second best uh, position group on offense, the offensive line. We've got yeah. Dalton Wagner, Ricky Stromberg, Brady Latham, Bo Limmer, all returning starters. So the big question, of course, going into camp, who's going to be that fifth starter? And the great thing with the Razorbacks under Sam Pippen, Shane, they have been recruiting – gangbusters on the offensive line so we got plenty of talented guys to to vie for that spot and to vie for backup roles because you like you said on the last one you're gonna need linemen to see the field right because injuries happen we got luke jones tykeese crawford was a huge recruit marcus henderson jalen st john marion harris i mean these are all four-star guys across the board that have been putting in time and getting developed and by the time they see the field I mean, this is just going to be the next generation of elite linemen there in Fayetteville. Right. Well, when Sam took the job, we said, well, if they got anything, they're going to have offensive line because <laughs> right. he's he's the best in the business, and it's starting to show. You know, I mean, it, it, it showed kind of immediately, in my opinion, when you got – I mean, think about when Sam was on the market and how many, how many people were just throwing money and money and opportunity for him to come up and coach for them for their offensive line, you know, and and what he's done with teams in the past. It's just impressive. Mm-hmm. So we didn't expect anything different when we went to Arkansas. I just didn't expect it to happen this soon. But, damn, this is a mean-looking front. And this is – when I think of Arkansas football growing up, this is what I think of, big, bad offensive line, you know. Did you? I don't know if you know this, Shane, but uh, well, Sam Pittman, he turned down Nick Saban to be uh, Alabama's offensive line coach during his first first uh, run at Arkansas. Do you know that? Mm, I bet he reminds him every year they face each other. <laughs> Still not working for your old ass. <laughs> Next up, we got the running back, Shane. We got a trio of uh, really solid options here. Dominique Johnson. I mean, he was just running through everybody last year. Rocket Sanders, breakout candidate on our list of a couple weeks back, and A.J. Green, the sophomore sensation. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to, you know, I don't really know who we got at number four there, but, uh, you know, you couldn't ask for a better trio in the SEC than these three. Uh, you talk about a loaded backfield. That's exactly what Arkansas has. I, I think, you know, you talked about the offensive line being the second best. I think that that running back room is the second best. Uh, if you're looking at just pure attributes in, in, the, in that locker room. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think K.J. obviously going to lead the way, and he's a big part of that rushing offense. But it, it's this is going to be a committee, and there's going to be a lot of players getting the ball, and there's going to be a lot of production coming out of there. Uh, so, it, it's just any given Saturday who pops, in my opinion. Now, the receivers, we got Warren Thompson. Again, he's the leading receiver. Malik Hornsby, or the backup quarterback, who's going to be mm-hmm. splitting time at receiver. Jadon Hazelwood, we covered. Keytron Jackson, he was on our breakout players list. Matt Landers, we covered. And then uh, Jaquan Crawford and Bryce Stevens. So, again, this is a, a group with a lot of potential, but not a lot of production, particularly in the SEC. So, uh, I, again, just a, just a big question mark for the Razorbacks. 
and give me potential. That's what that's what we want. I'd rather have potential than experience because you you how many times have we talked about some of these teams that are re- returning all this talent and it's just not good talent. Mm-hmm. And 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 we we say, "Well, look, they've had 75 starts as an offensive line." Yeah, but they gave up the most sacks last year. <laughs> you know, it's like right. so I like the fact that we have breakout candidates on the on the outside, there's going to be somebody that steps up and, and takes that that Burke's role, and it may be Hazelwood, it may be one of these younger guys, I don't know, but there's going to be somebody emerge, and uh, somebody's going to be fed the rock because KJ is going to get it to someone. Mm-hmm. And, and as for tight end, Shay, we got Trey Knox, of course, converted receiver who they're mm-hmm. they're looking for him to explode at that tight end position. Hudson Henry was one of the the top tight end prospects in the country when he came to Arkansas. But beyond that, I don't really know what we got behind those guys. Colin Sutherland, Nathan Bax. So tight ends, we need players to emerge there as well in this offense uh, if this is going to be a strength of the team. Well, and especially the scheme they're trying to run here. This is one you're going to have to have a lot of production, not just blocking, but you're going to have to have some production from those as a receiver at that tight end position. And I think they're okay here. I know they're not as deep as most, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm eager to see how this Knox experiment works out. Now, skipping over to the defensive side chain, I think the best unit on this Razorback defense is the defensive backs. Love me some Jalen Callum, one of the best players in the country. Miles Slusher really started to emerge last season, so we, we got one hell of a combo there in the backfield. Brady, we, we touched on the transfer. Dwight McLaughlin, the other transfer. Malik Chavis, Simeon Blair, Hudson Clark. He had about six interceptions of Matt Corral one year. Uh, Ladarius mm-hmm. Bishop, Kerry Johnson. I mean, we have got a very, very talented and experienced defensive backfield, and they're going to lead the way for for Barry Odom's defense this year. Oh, yeah. There's so many guys on this roster that stand out. You know, it's like if if you were to root for somebody, uh, you you know, I I think of Poole, I think of Catalan, I think of – KJ, you know, it's just you've got – it's got that mentality. It's a team effort, but there's just, there's just some guys that just do it better and do it harder. And I I just – I love the fact Catalan decided to come back. I just think that he's he's going to be a force back there. And not to mention make the talent around him better. Uh, he is a captain. He's, he's very vocal and, and you know, he's, he's, he's all in. So that's what you want to see. Um, and you – and I don't – you may cut me off there. <laughs> and then w- when we get to the next – I'm kind of this is kind of a toss-up for me, Shay, because I love the linebackers, but I like the depth a little bit better on the defensive line. And so of course that linebacker, we we got Bumper Pool, one of the best players in the SEC. Drew Sanders, immediate impact defender, Chris Paul, Jordan Cook, Marco Avon, and Jackson Woodard. And hell, Arkansas, a lot of the time, they only run two linebackers on the field anyway. But I'm a little bit more impressed with the depth. On the defensive line, Shane, with Isaiah Nichols, Zach Williams, Eric Gregory, Teron Carter, the transfer, Jordan Dominique, Rashad Stewart, again, another transfer, Terry Hampton, and Landon Jackson. So we have got some real, real potential, even though a lot of these defensive linemen uh, have not made a name for themselves yet at the SEC level. Mm-hmm. That's because the last three linemen are now in the NFL, you know what? <laughs> 
which group do you think would be better, defensive line, linebacker? And really, there's no wrong answer here, you know? Uh, I'm going to go linebackers. I, I just I, – when I think of Arkansas defense here the last couple of years, that's a – that's a department that really has shined mm-hmm. in, in Barry Odom's system. So I that's the one I'm looking at, and, and that's maybe because I'm more of a pool fan than most. <laughs> but uh, I just think with the with the addition of uh, of our Alabama boy, I, I I just think that's a that's a they're just going to take a step forward and, and continue to develop and, and perform like they were at a high level last year. Mm-hmm. And, and we can never overlook the specialist shame. We got Cam Little returning a kicker. He was a mm-hmm. freshman sensation last year, made 20 of 24 field goals. He made a kick from 55 yards, I believe. And, you know, it's funny, Shane, it, the things that I remember. But, you know, when Arkansas, I know they don't want to hear about this, but when they went down to Georgia and lost that game, you know, Cam Little – their, their only drive they put together, Cam Little had not missed a kick all season. He missed it. It was just like, well, that's going to be one of those days. But that's when you know you got a hell of a kicker when, you know, the one time he misses, that stands out to you because they went from having abysmal, abysmal kicking uh, before Cam Little got to campus to now he's mm-hmm. now he's a guy the next three years they don't got to worry about. They got one of the SEC's best. So uh, that's a strong suit. And then Reed Bauer. The punter is back, and he actually won Holder of the Year award, Shane. So I, they got it all on lockdown down there. You know what? <laughs> I didn't even know that was an award. Here we go. <laughs> Another one. Someone made up in a basement somewhere. So I, I think that's great. That is fantastic. <laughs> so get to uh, camp questions, Shane. Biggest questions for the Arkansas Razorbacks heading in to fall camp. Again, we kind of hit on it. Who emerges at receiver? I think that is going to be the the question that looms over this team heading into the season. And you can throw tight end into that mix as well because they need some depth there. Who will be our final starter on the offensive line? And how do all the new pieces work on defense with with so many transfers, with so many young guys coming in and making plays? Anything else stand out to you, Shane, as a, a big camp question for the Razorbacks? Yeah, I, well, receiver, I, I, I'm just doubling down on that. And it's not so much that I want to see one or two individuals step up. It's just for Arkansas to not be the third in the West, they're going to have to get more production. They cannot put it all on one guy. So we're going to have to have a little bit better committee. But that also comes from KJ. We're going to have to get – some downfield presence here and open up those running lanes for this very talented running back crew. Um, so that's that's what I want to see. Uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of doubling down on the receivers uh, because it's, it's I, I think it's the final piece for their offense. Now, defense, like you said, you know, these, these new faces, new pieces. I'm not as worried about it as maybe you are, but – I still, we still got to have competitive depth, you know, and I think that was, was, it, it shined a little bit last year. Not shined, I guess that's a terrible word to use, but it, it like it rose up and, and that was, it kind of bit them. Mm-hmm. And they've got to have some, some more competitive depth on that side of the ball so that if it is a game that becomes a shootout and they're on the field the entire thing, that they can come away victorious because the talent that's behind these ones you know, it isn't such a drop-off. No, no, I think I think you make a great point there, Shane. But now we get to your favorite part of these previews, yeah. <laughs> breaking down the, the schedule as an optimistic 
uh, Razorbacks homers here. Let's start, of course, we got to go with the opener. Saturday, September 3rd, Cincinnati coming off a college football playoff appearance somehow. Now they are back to reality. They're in Fayetteville opening against an SEC opponent. They're going to get clobbered again, don't you think? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, unless that kid sneaks back from the NFL and starts throwing the ball for him, there's no way these Bearcats are – what's nice about this game, Mike, is we can go ahead and put that one to rest. We're not going to have to worry about Cincinnati sneaking up late in the season saying they should get a playoff spot. No. We're putting that to bed right here, 3.30 on the ESPN. The Arkansas Razorbacks are going to destroy Cincinnati. Mm. All right, how about week two? I mean, this is not going to be a game Arkansas can afford to overlook by any means. I think South Carolina is just on the rise. They're going to be one of the, the teams to watch in the East. But you're getting them at home. You're getting you know a, a place South Carolina completely unfamiliar with. Uh, thoughts on South Carolina visiting Arkansas? Who do you like there? Well, again, it's the thing I don't like about this game, Mike, is there are some un, there's just some uncertainties more on the South Carolina side. Mm-hmm. We don't know how good or bad they're going to be. Uh, it is an early game, and a lot of times, you know, they'll sneak up on you. And so, but I, I think if if all goes well and Arkansas does what the Razorbacks are capable of doing. Uh, I think they put South Carolina to bed pretty early here. And this is a game that just top to bottom right now, I think Arkansas has got more talent. So even though it's the, it's not an ideal time or ideal kickoff, I just think, you know, South Carolina is going to be new in, into this, this type of offense defense that they're, that pre, they're presenting. So uh, I, I think you catch South Carolina um, off guard here. I, I don't, I don't really think this is going to be a game, man. I, I think there's going to be some questions coming out after this one, how good South Carolina is. Ooh, okay. So moving to two and O. Hey, I'm a member now. Gamecock fans are cussing at the radio right now. <laughs> I am wearing Razorback jersey. I've got my Razorback glasses on. I'm being optimistic for Arkansas here. Um, so I just think as an Arkansas fan, this isn't a team you're worried about. This is a team that you showcase you, you because there's going to be media attention on this thing. A lot of people are going to want to see the new quarterback for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they're tuning out at, at second, third quarter, that's because the Razorbacks are doing their job. Yeah, and I will say this, Shane, South Carolina, you know, they had a much improved defense last year. Mm-hmm. But the weakest part of that defense was defending the run, which <laughs> this is not the opponent to be weak against the run against. You know what? That's right, man. <laughs> now, Missouri State coming to town week three. Bobby Petrino, somehow Ooh. he's back on the scene riding his motorcycle in a Fayetteville. But, uh, hell, this will be over yeah. by uh, – the end of the first quarter, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know how much they paid Missouri to come down here and do this thing, but it ain't enough, brother. <laughs> uh, oh, Bobby, his, he is definitely not getting another victory here in Arkansas. So, no, this game is going to be – this This is a typical tune-up game before you get into some real serious talent. So, I, I hope that they take advantage of – of, of Bobby Petrino's boys here and get the get their guys off the field. But, again, it's a tune-up for the next two ball games. Mm. And, of course, that next game, Shane, you, you hit on it there. A&M in Arlington, neutral field. You beat 
Texas A&M finally snapped that streak last season. Do the Razorbacks do it again? Mike, and I don't want to get too far ahead here, but I want to package both these two up. Um, I want to I want to do Texas A&M Alabama because they're very very similar. They're very very talented. They're very tough teams to beat. But it is a team that Arkansas has beat before in Texas A&M. It is a team in Alabama that it seems like they're getting closer and closer, and that talent gap is getting smaller and smaller. So if I'm being optimistic here, I think there is a victory in there. I just don't know which team it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could best case scenario, I think that Arkansas wins one of these games, but I also think they lose one. So I, I, without picking and i know that's the easy way out here mike I, i'm arlington not so much of a home field advantage maybe this is the year they sneak up and get alabama but i i really do think they're one and one after these two games just yeah. like they were last year you know it's really interesting you said that shane we did not compare this uh, heading into it but i was gonna throw it to you like this you could take issue with what i'm about to say but you know a big part of arkansas beating a&m was uh you know, and at all off season, I said I, I'm I don't pile on this guy because I don't think he's as bad as as they say, but he was bad in this game, and I'm talking about Zach Calzada. I mean, he was just totally ineffective against the Razorbacks. Now we got to give the Razorbacks credit for playing de- the hell of a defense that day, but if you know, we assume A&M's going to be a lot better uh, at quarterback, and let's say they are, I kind of lean towards A&M right now to win this game particularly with it being away from Fayetteville with, uh, you know, the motivation A&M will have. Now, I believe they played Miami right right before this. So if they trip up and lose to Miami, <laughs> maybe we got ourselves a different story. But let's just say A&M wins this football game. And you right. turn right around and you shock the world and beat Alabama at home at night. And I know Razorbacks don't want a, a single loss on their schedule, but I think they take that. I think they take a loss to A&M if it means beating Alabama, which I think this this Arkansas team, no one's going to be picking them to do it. But Mm-mm. I think they've got the potential to to really hurt Alabama. And hell, they showed it. They showcased it last year on the road. Yeah, absolutely. And I think after these two teams, there's a real good shot that they're still a top 10 team. You know what I'm saying? This is right. You, you can't be penalized for losing to A&M and beating Alabama or, or beating A&M and losing to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Everybody's expecting those teams to beat you. But I, I'm telling you right now, when I look at the game, especially against Texas A&M, I, I think who's, who's the best quarterback on the field? And, and I'm telling you, I, at this moment, I can't say Texas A&M has it. You know, right. this is this Arkansas has the best quarterback. So I, I I just think that's the one I've got probably an asterisk by that that if they're going to take one of these teams just because, you know, Alabama has had their number, but man, that like I said, that gap gets smaller and smaller every year. So that's why I'm just taking the easy route here, optimistic, one and one after these two ball games. Now right after that though is is another tricky one, Shane, going on the road to mm-hmm. Mississippi State. Uh, that game went down to the wire last season. Of course, it was a missed field goal. At, uh, Sam Pittman had some good fun with that after the game, and, and there were several missed kicks in that game by Mississippi State. There was a 
questionable call if you're a Bulldog fan. So a lot went against you in that one, yet Arkansas squeaked it out. So uh, what are your thoughts on, on going down to Starkville? Well, I think after this, so best-case scenario, we're one, two, three, four, and one. We're top ten ball club here. I, I, I think this is when Coach Pittman gets them, pulls them to the side, and reminds them that they control their own destiny. Win out, you got a shot for the college football playoffs because one of those teams are going to be in there anyway. So I, I, I think – Firing up this this I mean getting through the juggernaut that look that matchup Texas A&M Alabama after you made it through those guys and you're looking at the rest of this roster how can you not look at your boys and say hey we, this is us we we put our we get our shit together you you know grab your lunch pail and your hard hat we're going to work and we're gonna we're gonna potentially make it to the college football playoffs because we're talking best case scenario here mm-hmm. and you do that by not slipping up on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I I am a believer that Mississippi State is better than people are saying, but I just think Arkansas is probably a top 4 if not top 3 SEC team in in the you know in the conference right now. And, right. and you you don't you don't worry about teams like the Bulldogs. So, um I know it's a tough environment. It's not a fun place to play and you're coming off two tough ball games, but I think like I said this is a con- control your destiny thing and these guys aren't overlooking Mississippi State. Now th- now this next one Shane, very very tricky on the road at BYU and just imagine you got to face A&M, Alabama, at Mississippi State, Razorbacks are going to be dying for a bye, but then they got to go across the country, raised elevation, face some grown men over there at BYU. They're twenty-seven-year-old players all across the board. This, I don't know what to make of this BYU team, but it, it this is not going to be an easy win for the Razorbacks. I don't think. Now, one thing you could, I need to add, BYU plays Notre Dame the week before this, so. It's not like they're they're going to be on cruise control either. Maybe they get a little beaten up against Notre Dame, uh, and they they do got Oregon a couple weeks before that, so uh, they'll be tested. But uh, I, I don't know what to make of this game. I don't like the game placement. It's in one of those areas that we see every now and then. It, it, you're watching it, and you're just your team's just kind of slowly coming along. I, I think about the Colorado Texas A and M game last year. It's just like. What is going on here? And then next thing you know, we're getting in the late quarters and it's still a ball game. BYU shouldn't be a ball game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know they're all 40 and they're a little older than you, but you should still be able to go out there and kill this team. You know what I'm saying? Just lean on those offensive linemen, lean on those running backs, lean on KJ, try not to run as much. The worst thing they can do is think they've made it. You don't you don't beat a team like AM or a team like Alabama and Mississippi State only to say, okay, we're on cruise control. There is no such thing as cruise control. You got to come out, and they're going to have to have some signature wins. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not as worried about BYU, but I just don't like the game placement. I think it's a victory. I just think it's an ugly victory. And you got to imagine those that program, those fans are going to be fired up. I mean, it's every ten years they get an SEC yeah. team to come out there. So <laughs> that that's just a wild one to think about. They Arkansas's got to go out there, take the crowd out of the game, and, and just, mm-hmm. you know, you can't let BYU hang around, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, that's, that's right. You And they better bring their own beer. 
Razorback fans, because you ain't gonna find <laughs> any out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't 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 start drinking too early, but yeah, you definitely got gonna have to bring your own beer on this one. Now, hey, this we can't overlook this one, Shane. They got two weeks to prepare for it, but they go next to to Auburn, mm-hmm. and believe it or not, this is uh, you know one of the few teams Arkansas has not beaten under Sam Pittman. Of course. They prop they kind of did with this was the Bo Nix backwards spike, but yeah, they count that as an Auburn win in the record books. Uh, but this and they beat them. Auburn won this game in Fayetteville last year. So Arkansas at Auburn again. We may look at that as as an easy W, but I don't know. I'm not ready to say that. Are you? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to say that. <laughs> I was trying to hype it up. Oh, no, no. Auburn fans turned this shit off a long time ago. So, (laughs) just so. I mean, this is – you're coming off a bye week. You know, you're rolling in to Auburn. This isn't a trap game. This is a game you prepared for for two weeks. Um, I I mean, because when you're looking at the schedule, this is is back in the SEC play. You're coming off that BYU tough-fought victory. Uh, You you got some rest. You've healed up some players, probably a few coming back in. I I just – I'm not expecting any type of trap on this one. I would be – if Auburn and BYU switch, I'd be saying the same thing Mm -hmm. that I just said with BYU. I just think the the schedule placement couldn't be better for the Razorbacks here. All right. Well, then next game we got Liberty and Hugh Freeze coming to town. All right. That'll make for a fun pregame storyline, but uh, then they'll just get waxed like they always do, right? (laughs) Damn. They're getting all the oldies, huh? So we got Hugh Freeze, Patrick. Who's coaching BYU? <laughs> Coach O. I don't know. Coach O. What <laughs> yeah. fired SEC coaches up there? So Butch Jones, he's out there somewhere. No, <laughs> no. This this Liberty, you know, they did the same thing, pumping it up against the Auburn Tigers. Mm-hmm. You know, this whatever. You know, we'll, 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 the, this is where the bed memes. Come come out where Hugh Freeze was fighting COVID or fighting for his life or something like that. It, it, it is what it is, but at the end of the game, this is not a ball game at all. No. Uh, next game, LSU at home rivalry game. And these games have been back and forth the last couple of years. Arkansas finally won it last year. Do they win it again, Shane? Uh, yeah, and, and because now you got to think, this program's humming now. They, they, they're all in. They, they realize there's a shot that they could still make the playoffs here and you can't you there's no close games you got to have you got to have like just ass kickings at this point because you're trying to to get that national uh, that national state let people know that you are legit and you belong in, as one of the four teams and um, so no I, I think this is going to be a tough game because it always is, Mike. Oh, my gosh. It's 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 just a fun rivalry. A, a lot of people don't talk about it as much as they should. Mm-hmm. But here you got an LSU Tiger team. You talk to any fan, there's no way they're worried about Arkansas. And you talk to an Arkansas fan, they're no way worried about LSU. This is two, <laughs> two programs that are expecting a victory, and obviously one's got to lose. But I, I just think coming off Liberty, again, tune-up game, uh, LSU placement couldn't be better. It's not a buy, but it might as well be. Um, so I like this. I like the chances here with Arkansas. And you're not in Death Valley. I mean, let's face it, that's, that's, that is a factor. Right. Now, the final home game of the season, Shane, Ole Miss, this was like the game of the year last year. 
came down to, mm-hmm. to literally a two-point conversion with no time remaining. Ole Miss at Arkansas. Who do you like in that one? Well, Steve Sarkeesian's lost six games in Texas, so there's a lot of rumors flying around that Lane Kiffin's leaving Ole Miss, and maybe that's why they got distracted on November 19th as Arkansas just puts it to them. This is a game that was so fun and exciting to watch last year. Uh, You know, I talked a little bit about that depth. I think at this point we're going to know what Arkansas's got in the secondary. We're going to know what Arkansas's doing on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think Ole Miss is as good as they're going to be last year. I don't think Matt Corral gets enough respect for that offense they were running last year. Um, I like Arkansas here to beat Ole Miss. Final game of the regular season, Shane, at Missouri. Again, Missouri owned Arkansas for a long Mm -hmm. time, but uh, but that was actually Sam Pittman. That's his biggest win as as an SEC head coach last season, beating Missouri. Who do you like uh, Arkansas at Missouri? Brother, this is a personal game, and don't let anybody tell you any different. Arkansas hates Mizzou. Mizzou hates Arkansas, and it's it's fired up in that locker room because you know Barry is sending the tweets and the texts to each other. They're, they're in a group text talking about owning this game. It's important for their family. It's important for this university. Uh, and right now, like I said, we're, we're probably a top four program. So you got to have this victory. Um, not, I don't, I don't think it's a game. This is what I love about Arkansas is in, in this season. Not, not only do they got KJ coming back, but just the way this schedule lays out with the Texas Alabama game back to back, you, you, you know, it's over after that. Uh, if you just, the, the toughest games that you're going to have are at home, uh, in my opinion. So, you know, so I think, the schedule, who the schedule gods, you know, they shit on them a few years ago during COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you remember when it was an all SEC <laughs> schedule, well, in return, this is their 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 payback. It's the reverse of karma. They're getting it in twenty twenty two. Arkansas, one lost team right now, going in to the college football playoffs. Don't even have to go to the SEC championship game. How about that, brother? Not even having that. I'm saying best case scenario, if if you. Tell me that Arkansas wins every game but Texas A&M or but Alabama, and they're the ones that make it to the SEC championship. How do you keep the Razorbacks out? Mm. Man, and I thought I was an Arkansas homer, Shane. 11 and <laughs> 1. That's a bold take, but I don't think you're that far off. But I got to be completely honest, Shane. I think I would lean a little bit closer to 10 and 2 as uh, yeah. y- your optimistic outlook would just. You know, so many games, I don't want to call them toss-ups, but tricky, tricky games, South Carolina. I think maybe I got a little bit more respect for them than you. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, BYU, Missouri. I just feel like Arkansas will drop one of those, if that makes sense. So, hey, I'll get fully on board with 11-1 because I know them Razorbacks are right there with you, Shane. But uh, I lean a little bit more closer to 10 and 2. But let me ask you this final thing here, Shane. Which, which, you know, of these tricky games, which one do you think is the most important for the season to get for the Razorbacks? Is it A&M in in Arlington? Is it at Missouri? Is it the opener against Cincinnati? Or is it uh, maybe even if I'm looking at this Auburn game, which – you know, if you if you lose on the road at Auburn, it's like, my God, what mm-hmm. we're going to have a disastrous type season. So there's pressure not to get embarrassed. Uh, I don't know which one of those stands out to you. 
Mike, uh, for me, and I don't know if you mentioned this one, but for me, the biggest game, I mean, easy Texas A&M, Alabama, mm -hmm. but it's that Mississippi State game yeah. that, that's got me worried. And the reason is it comes at the tail end of those two because if those games don't go Arkansas's way, there's a slide chance here. Right. There's a chance that they slide and lose to Mississippi State. There's a chance they carry it over to BYU. And then we're talking about – 22 Arkansas, you know, squandering their opportunities that, you know, I, there's a good shot that they're going to need to bounce back game right there at Mississippi state. And we're going to find out who the big boys are, you know, and if they can come out and, and, and get a victory here, get back on track or even, you know, carry over. Cause of the reverse effect, how many times do you see a team uh, beat, a university like Alabama, it's like winning a national championship only to, to, I mean, look at Texas A&M, you know what I'm saying? So you can't, you can't, if that happens, you, you, you can't think you made it and put it on cruise control. So that Mississippi state game, I think one way or the other is going to be a huge impactful game for these guys. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. You may be dead on here, Shane, because if you look at last season, you, you, you lost that game to Georgia you turn around and you lost a heartbreaker to Ole Miss. And then what happened, right. Shane, they they dropped the only game that was kind of inexcusable. They lost to Auburn at home. So that plays into exactly what you're talking about. They, they kind of slid there in the midseason. So that Mississippi State game looms large. Them Bulldogs, this, this is a revenge game for them. They're going to be counting it as one they got to get. So – uh, yeah, Arkansas at Mississippi State. That may be the the underrated game of the year here. Let me ask you, Mike, before we before we get off here, um, I something we didn't do last uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'd like to do with with Arkansas this day. Um, I'd like for you to pick at the end of the season your offense MVP, your defense MVP, and if you were to pick one player off this roster to win a Heisman, mm -hmm. who would that be? So. So I, I think I think we clear cut. We know who offense will be, right? Yeah, KJ. Yeah, got to be. Who's your defense? Who's your Who's your defensive star here? Jalen Catalan. I mean, he. I think he's the best safety in the SEC. Okay, I'm I'm leaning a little more toward pull, but I'm a little biased. And <laughs> uh, last but not least, who's winning the Heisman off off the Razorbacks? I mean, it, easy answer. Got to be KJ Jefferson. I think. Yeah. With, uh, you know, just the importance of, of what the quarterback brings to the game and just what a massive star he was for the Razorbacks last season. And, and if they are going to reach 10 to 11 wins, it's going to be because K.J. Jefferson takes his game to the next level uh, in Fayetteville. And I'm being I'm being real here. I, I think, you know, when you look at some of the best bands, you know, they don't stay together forever. And uh, I, I think this is the last year that we see all these coaches coming back. You know, it almost right. feels, got that vibe that, hey, let's, let's do it. And that's why I think some of these players came back and, I, and there's just so much optimism coming out of, of Fayetteville. I, I think this is it, brother. Uh, this is it for the Razorbacks. If you're, going to if you're going to make it, if you're going to make it to the playoffs, if you're going to make it to an SEC championship, it's got to be 2022. Yeah, no doubt. Well, brother, hey, Hour plus deep dive on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Can't wait to uh, you know continue this series. We're going to be hitting on all 14 SEC teams before media days arrive. But uh, can't thank you enough, and I can't wait to see all the feedback from uh, Razorback Nation out here 
Um, I doubt there's anybody else going an hour plus on the Arkansas Razorbacks here outside of the state, uh, the great state of Arkansas. So that's going to do it for this episode of the show. I appreciate you as always, brother. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Hogs. <laughs> I love it when we post it. Like we posted the ball thing and, and you're like, Optimistic Shane says 10 and 2. And it's like 95% of the comments are after it was like, oh, and 12, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs>